Good morning, Eloise. Hey, how are you? Very well, and yourself? I'm excellent, and I hope all excellent. of our listeners are excellent as well. Woo-hoo. Yes, it's kind of been a very uh, strange week for me. Um, obviously, September's coming around the corner, and that energy often activates um, harvesting something that has been uh, sort of go- going into not dormancy. Well, for the southern hemisphere, it would be dormancy, and they're coming into spring. So, of course, things are revivifying. And for the northern hemisphere, we're we're about to harvest something. So the summer heat and lull, those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer, right, starts to uh, give birth to the 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 readiness, the ripeness of harvest, right? Yeah. So you can almost feel, being that we're in the northern hemisphere, you can almost feel that energy. Do you, are you sensing that energy, Eloise? Yeah, and like I always feel this time of year is also back to school. Yes, and that is well, at least for the most, northern hemisphere. Yeah, right? most of the world go back to school this, this yeah. time, I think. So it's always got that kind of renewal, like harvest. Like it's always got a really lovely energy. It's one of my favourite times of year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, spring's lovely, uh, but of course I'm in Canada, so mm. it takes a little long. Like this year, I, I don't think we had good weather till. <laughs> Uh, the third week of June, but then it's been the most magnificent summer. Absolutely oh. magnificent. I can remember these summers when I was a kid, you know, where you had the sunny days, it's warm and gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh. It's like every single day. Today is cloudy, <laughs> but um, Guess you know, I'm what? sure the it's earth is ripe here. for some rain. It's raining here. It's the UK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, no, so I've had, had some know, nice it, weeks this summer, so I can't move. Huh? I, I, you know, even this, well, this energy has uh, kind of brought up that thinking of of how I used to be. You know, that yeah. when, when this time would come, you'd feel that energy, but the Cain and Abel aspect often came up for not only me, but so many people where, you know, oh, the summer's gone or it's going into winter and, you know, I wish I were still traveling or oh. whatever we were doing. But it's that it's that kind of time. It's the end of summer or this period that we've had. And it's almost like everything gets reset again. It's like, okay, what am I doing? There's only so many days left of the year. What am I going to get done? And that almost like oh most of the year's gone and I haven't done anything <laughs> it's like it's always fun right which isn't essentially true right no. that so so that's a great line I haven't done anything right um, it's an amazing line that, that we tell ourselves that's where sorry it's an amazing line we tell ourselves because we know it's incorrect because even if you're not doing anything and you're resting, you're still doing something. <laughs> yes, and that's what I mean by the... That's what I'm... When I look at Cain and Abel, we're looking at what we've done. So Cain has looked at what he's done and not realized, hey, that I can, I can do better 
But I'm going to go back into the the essentially evil thoughts that we have, which are I haven't done enough. Yeah, I've got to do more. Of course, we can do better, make our lives better. But we tend to go into the bigger picture rather than I've got this reality that sits in front of me and I look at what is. And from that place, I can create, right? Take Mm. responsibility for what is, not for what is in my mind. That, that it seems to me that, that my yeah the bird is going please, crazy please. Yeah, it's joining in there he's, he's been quiet for hours outside so <laughs> usually he's quite quiet but he's heard the birds outside i think he wants to go out and play with them uh there you go there's what is right yeah uh here's this these animals that just do what is in front of them they don't live in in the mental construct and we think our thoughts wow i have so many thoughts and i i project onto my animal uh what i think is going on so so Mm. here's something a a good story i was working at a store that had i think i think at one point they had five cats and one of these cats was named cleopatra and literally this cat embodied <laughs> cleopatra would sit on you know it's Hang a book on, what store, came first the name or the what came first Pardon the name me? or the energy did, did they name it and then the cat morphed into cleopatra or did they observe it and go that's a cleopatra cat Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I have no idea because uh, I wasn't there when they named it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but definitely meeting her, uh, you could definitely see, yeah, just this regal cat that ran the store. She was the empress of the whole store. And uh, there was sometimes they'd have, you know, stores always change their format. So there would often be something she could stand on if it was a speaker's or, you know, the edge of a, a bookshelf or whatever it was. And she would stand there, you know, bum down, legs perfectly straight, her head looking around. And quite often, this was happening very, very often, that people would come in. And because I've been, I was always allergic to animals. I had, I only knew about birds, and I never really projected onto my bird what it was thinking. Mm. I just never did it. I would just go, "There's the bird. I hope it ate. Um, <laughs> let's play with it a bit. You know, it's cute. Yeah. Uh, now he's gone to the window, and the birds are flying outside. So, okay, he's obviously talking to them and looking at them. I mean, it's just obvious. Yeah. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not reading his mind, right? Yeah. I'm maybe saying maybe he wants to go out and play. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what he's what he's thinking, if he's thinking anything. Hmm. So, um, it, people would walk by and and start talking about what the animals were thinking, and it happened often. And in this particular moment, I was just sitting waiting for clients. And she was talking. There was a bit of a screen, but it was open a bit. Like the screen was, you know, showing that I was available. So I could see her and she's kind of, I'm not sure if she's talking to me or just talking to herself or whatever she was doing. 
And she starts to tell me that, or speak out loud, that she knows what animals are thinking, and she's great at communicating with animals. And she starts to get closer and closer to Cleopatra's face. Now, my first thought in my mind was, hey, oh boy, she's really going, let me just, uh, I'll hold him a little bit. So I was thinking, hey, if I were that cat, I would bite her nose. (laughs) As I'm thinking it, Cleopatra bites this woman's nose. (laughs) And it draws a little bit of blood. And she turns around and looks at me and says, why didn't you tell me? What? You know, that this is what the cat would do. And to me, it seemed quite obvious that if you stuck your face in anyone's face, there would be a reaction. Yeah. You're coming into my space. Hang on a minute. This woman's claiming that she can read animals' minds. This, and then, of course, not even, not even hearing what she just said, (laughs) right? So I'm I'm affirming and stating out loud that I can read people's minds and or animals' minds, and yet. She can't even tell that, you know, it's going to bite her. So it was just such a paradoxical moment. I I was so shocked. I said, I I know nothing about animals. That's all I said to her. I know nothing about animals, right? And then, of course, my mind started saying, well, maybe you do. Maybe any animal. I'm an animal. I'm a human animal, you know, despite what people start to say, humans are separate from the animal species. No, we're not. We're we're animals. And as an animal, uh, and somebody came by and just started putting their face in my face, something would happen. I might push them away. I might tell them to, hey, get out of my space. I might feel uncomfortable, contract. Or you might kiss them. Who knows? (laughs) But if I had no voice. Yeah. I might do something that tells them, you know, when you think of little kids and you, you go close to them and they pull away and send, uh, some kids will slap your face. Yeah. Right. I've seen it. So, <laughs> um, I say, I found that really interesting. So it was so fascinating that, uh, that she's stating what she knows mm. and I'm watching and stating what is This is what is happening. So she's so involved in her mental thoughts and then comes out of the reverie through the bite, right? The bite is like the snake in the garden, takes you out of your reverie and now you're naked. Mm. And you actually turn around and say something that is totally opposite to what you just stated. Why didn't you tell me? Well, wait a minute, you've been lecturing for about three minutes here about how you know what this cat is thinking. (laughs) I kind of believe you. Like, I kind of go, well, maybe she does. I don't know. Maybe she knows what it's thinking. I don't don't know. I'm not. Maybe she's so in tune with animals, she knows what's going on. Um, And then, of course, right there, what is, is she has no clue what an animal is thinking yeah so what's going on in this woman's mind is obviously the projection of what she thinks is going on with the animal so thinking that she is good at this Mm. when actually she has no sense of what is going on so it's almost um i won't say those are evil thoughts necessarily 
Mm. How would you put it? Like when you look at this and you think of somebody doing better, they don't know what they're doing. So here's Cain, uh, gives something to God, gives a sacrifice, and God says it's not good enough. So here's this woman saying what she does really well, really, really well, right? Mm. I do this so well. And, of course, comes out of a reverie and told, no, you don't, by the cat. Yeah. The cat tells her, no, you don't know what you're doing. So she has to become naked, and her immediate response is, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Uh, Resentfully, right? So it's not necessarily what she was saying. It's that energy of, I just turned to resentment. So I've offered something up there. And I didn't do it well. Yeah. And then you come out right away and turn around with a very resentful look, angry look, right? And say, why didn't you tell me? Well, you've just been told by, let's say, the universe that is running through this animal that you're not doing well. You're doing very badly at what you say you do well. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like you've shown her true colors and she her reaction is not to acknowledge that actually she's really bad at talking to cats or reading their minds she like it must be your fault can't be her fault and it's it's insane yes that part is insane right the moment you engage with your mental because you're thinking you're not seeing what is i i totally agree with you yeah it's the it's her next step where she's angrily and resent like why didn't you tell me that's the the resentment comes up that's where we're that's the evilness right yeah well hey you just learned oh my god if i took responsibility for what i just did so if i'm looking at an animal and i you know my bird will bite me when i'm doing something he doesn't like like he loves being tickled around the neck and then there are times it's like, I'm not into being tickled. I, yeah. I don't want to do that, so I'm going to give you a little nibble. Yeah. And like, know that this isn't working out for me. This, this is just not good. So clearly what is, I don't need to sit there and say, no, he wants tickles no matter what. No, he doesn't. Clearly, a little nibble tells you, to please stop. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. Um, if you go too far, he's going to bite nice and hard. Yeah. Right? He's going to do it really hard. And that's going to tell you, yeah, I really don't like that. So, um, or whatever that means, but it's to basically stop it. Then if he does that and I think, um, what could I think if he bites me? I love you so much. I've done all these wonderful things for you. How dare you bite me? Yeah. That is your resentment. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, uh, I've done all this for you. That I want to dump some guilt on you. I'll punish you for it. Don't we get like that in relationships? Yeah, why don't you tell me a little story of how that would be in a relationship? Uh, tell everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, tell everyone. It's not just you I'm talking to. <laughs> um, I can't think of one. But, like, you know, it's just like you go to do something nice for someone. And they throw it back in your face because they're just not in the mood for it when they normally would be. Um, and then you just get like, 
oh, hang on a minute, I've done all these lovely things for you, don't you appreciate me? And all of that kind of feeling just comes up. Great example, right? Mm. You can you can be in a different space than your partner. Yeah. Even going on a date. Yeah. I, I, I have heard so many resentful statements after a date. I went on the date and he didn't pay for everything. I went on a date and he didn't open the door. I went on a date and I'm going to go on another one with him, but I'm going to resent him for what he, he did. Yeah. And... I'm going to uh, maybe help him to change. You're living in your mind. Like, be with what is. And you know this idea of giving someone a chance? Yeah. It's it's kind of imaginary. It's like, of course you're going to continue a little bit to to talk to someone, date someone, and see if you your values match. Yeah. Not the particular actions in that moment. If, you know, today's day and age... Women are equal to men, so you don't necessarily go on a date and the guy's going to pay. No. Now, I come from a little older generation, so the the men that I end up dating pay. Yeah. Uh, maybe because they're older. So um, some men, if you, if you, in my generation, if the woman pays, they feel emasculated. Yeah, they they feel like they're not a man, which is which is um, you know a whole other topic. I'm not going to go into it, but usually they pay, and then I pay back with something else, like yeah. you know bring dinner over or you know do something that relates to um, not emasculating, like going out to dinner and the man pulling out his money to pay for it. If if I if I give money while that's happening, immediately a hand goes out and pushes it back. Yeah. So, oh, that's that's what happens to me. But this day and age, if you're younger, I would imagine you go on a date and it's like I'm going. We're going to go Dutch, as they yeah. say, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna split it. Um, and you know, then your life is kind of split, right? I don't even know how that works. In a way, as you 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 advance like are you going to sit around i see this often that people split everything yeah so um it's interesting what my husband says he says uh family is is communism uh the extended family is socialism and then when you're out in the world is capitalism i'm like oh that's cool yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense which means everything we have we share so yeah. whatever i have whatever he has we share sometimes he's got more sometimes i have more yeah. and we're just sharing it there's no there's no calculating what's yeah. going on there's no calculation and that works really well if your values are the same yeah if your values are different, if I sit there and go, I expect him to bring home all the money while I do nothing, that's going to be tough on the relationship unless the guy's super okay with that, right? Yeah, and he actually wants that situation. He might want he to wants... take care of someone. Exactly. But if you're both hard workers and yeah. that's your – but that's your uh, – I'm not – there's nothing right or wrong with any of this, right? I'm not mm. – I don't, don't want to present any of that right or wrong. What – what your values are 
uh, what gives you meaning in your relationship. Um, from there, all the rest, every little difference, which is like Cain and Abel, Abel gives what God says is good. He's, he's, he's um, done really well, whereas Cain has not done well and he can do better. We, we need to do that in our relationships too, right? Yeah. I did really well, but maybe I can do better. Yeah. Maybe I can do better. Usually, the resentment and what I call evil is expecting the other to do better. But is it sometimes the other to do better in terms of what I think is good? So they might, might be doing... Be, it, it, it may be, right? Yeah, because they may, may think so, they're so... doing good, but it's not my version of it. Because the values don't match or something. Um, if the values don't match, you're going to have a lot of trouble, right? Yeah. But if the values do match, and you can say you can do better... Right. If yeah, if you've done something and you look at it, and the two the two of you could even look at it and go, yeah, that could be better. You know, next time we'll we'll figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. like thinking about construction. Like my my husband is doing all the renovations in the house and the building. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes he looks at it and is like, okay, next time. You yeah. Know, now that's not as good as it could be. Like a seat, like one of the tiles cracked in the bathroom. Oh. So okay, so we're trying to do this economically. We're trying. So he really put it together. You, if you look around, you can't find it. Right. So, you know, you have to go with a fine tooth comb, and you'll find the crack. He's done really well. Um, but next time he'll say, "Well, I'll do better when yeah. I'm cutting the tile." I mean, it's not something he does every day, right? So. Yeah, I can do better. I know what I did that time. I can do better. Yeah. And he tells me about it. It's like, yeah, okay, you can do better. I agree with you. You can do better. So that's that's just a simple way, right? Or, but if I'm ask if I'm doing better in everything, how I relate, how I speak, how I wake up in the morning and talk, how I. Um, Uh, take care of the house how I you know that's my job I take care of the home I take care of cleaning I take care of the decorating and he does all the construction if something goes wrong it's like hey honey this isn't where he does that Mm. right so I can do better now what happens if you are doing better you you look at yourself and say I can do better yeah. At something that you're resentful about. So if I'm resentful with my partner about something, how can I do better? So what happens when you do, when you just go, forget the, like, grow up, stop being resentful and do better in your life. Because mm-hmm. once you do better, then, well, the, the sometimes people will drag you down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that happens, you know, um, it's like the energy will try to pull you back into the way you were. But if you keep saying, I'm going to do better, you might see that and move off. Right. Yeah. 
And then there's another option, which is you're doing better and then everyone else does. Yes. That is that is miraculous. So mm. so there's simple things um, that you can do to make your life better and then watch your your world change. Mm. Right? So if if I clean up, then my partner sees it really nice and he does better. Yeah. You know? Um now, if I was doing everything and doing better and better, and he was getting worse and worse and just kind of going, well, you're doing really well, I'm just going to sit around, uh, then our values are different. Yeah. Right? We're not building together. One person is building. That doesn't mean when you go through a difficult period, you wouldn't support your partner. I'm not yeah. excluding. There are times when they're, you know... Uh, when there's difficulty, when you have a little health issue or, you know, your, your knee goes or something's happening and you're not doing as well, but you support the other. Mm. So Cain just decides, well, I don't even know if he decides his resentment and anger come up and he does worse. He makes it worse for himself. And we that do that so someone... often. We, we run off and complain about our partner, go and cheat. Uh, thinking that leaving a marriage is going to take care of your resentment. Yeah. No, no, you got to take care of that's yours. That's not anybody else's. And and if we think if if God telling Cain you can do better, well, in your relationship, you're constantly being told you can do better. And wow, I, I you know the miracles that occur when you take it upon yourself to do better, even. Uh, even I am not idealistic about this, even in the worst state of your life, and I have gone through the worst possible health issues so far in my yeah. life, so far, right? This has been terrible, but every day is, no, there's no resentment. It's I can do better even with a disability. Yeah. I can do better. So I can do better meaning why don't you try this exercise? Um, why not stop pushing yourself and just be with yourself and see what happens and beautiful things occur. Even, you know, I've had days where the body would not get out of bed. Now I want to get out, but it wouldn't get out. But I smile, I say good morning to my partner. He's going around getting ready for work and I'm smiling, just waiting for the body to move. Yeah. And what I do are very simple things like take my leg and kind of stretch it a little bit, take the other leg, you know, whatever the body can do. And slowly it wakes up. It just wakes up. I And I go, well, there you go. That's what I can do today. That's better than just laying there yeah. and making it worse and saying, I'll never get out of bed and what a terrible thing, right? I've heard this so often and I'm always curious why, why someone would go into their resentment for having a disability rather than going into, well, I'm just going to make every day better. In some way, even if yeah. it's just a little song or... Uh, Okay, I can't move, so just read a book, listen to an audio. Listen to a podcast. Uh, 
I listen to our podcast, something that will engage uh, that, oh my God, that inspiration within us, that potential to figure out what we can um, do with what is. That's how to use the mind, Mm. right? I can figure out what to do with what is. So what is, is my body will not move. Every movement is so, in so much pain, I can't move. So what is it that I can do right now with what is? Yeah. Maybe it's just rest. You know, even these wonderful, um, I don't know if this would excite people, but these tiny things excite me where, okay, I'm just going to lie on my back with my arms to the side and breathe and feel the body waking up Mm. ah okay doesn't look like much but it's everything to me in those terrible moments yeah right um an unexpected thing happened at the weekends we we i've been really trepidatious about this you know to go out to dinner with some people and it's at a particular restaurant that has greek music and it gets very loud, and ultimately, that's what you do is you dance. So I was there, and it got really, really hot. And as it got hot, I noticed my body was way more mobile. And I just got up and danced a little bit, and then it just went to – I danced for like three or four or five hours. I don't even know. <laughs> and and uh, finally, we had to leave, and you go outside, and the temperature is way cooler. Sit down in the car. It's way cooler. And already the body contracts. By the time we get to the house, I can't really stand up. I start to walk a bit. Great. I get to the door, get inside, and just the whole body starts to collapse. And it took two good days. I'm still not quite back at where I was. But something new occurred that um, creative energy started coming up. So it's like, okay, so my body is not going to move i can't do the exercises but you're going to do whatever you can which means i'm doing better than just laying there and i'm not pushing that's not that's not helpful you want the energy to communicate what is and what um what even not pushing is doing better does that make sense yeah because if we push, it starts it starts catalyzing all of the the dust that surrounds us, which is the mind that integrates through the body and goes out in the world. And there's so much dust in there that you can stimulate it, and you don't need to. Mm. You just need to be with with what is, and that's that's one of the hardest things is seeing life as it is, right? It's just what is there. So there, you know, even going back to Adam and Eve where they're in the garden, what is what is there is a snake. You know, everything's idyllic. We always have these idyllic moments, right? I've had kind of this beautiful few months where I could, I've been improving every day um, in my exercises and it's just been really wonderful. And then we go and do this one thing and it disrupts everything. Um, and I go back to very, very um, simple exercises that I was doing three months ago. And I said, you know what? You're doing better. 
You're just doing those exercises. Yeah, at least you're doing them. Instead of running around going, oh, my God, I'm not on the floor and I'm not using the ball and I'm not, you know. It's like, okay, what is it you uh, are able to do with what is? And that is doing better than going into resentment, which is evil. We're constantly, so I hope that picture of this constant... um, Sort of pull into resentment. Yeah. Right? So even when I'm talking to clients, I'm sure you must, I hope you relate to this. Maybe you'll put it in your own words. But you're guiding the client to, let's say, space where the healing occurs, and they're slowly drawn back into their resentment. So things like, yeah, but... I can't do that because of this. So if you were doing a treatment, I called you up this morning and said, hey, Eloise, I'm not able to exercise. You might say, well, Terrian, can you lift, can you bring your knee to your chest? Yes, I can, but I should be doing it on the floor. You're already seeing me going into the evil side that's telling me what I can't do and yeah. resenting myself for what I can do. And you would say, well, Terrian, just... Bring your knee to your chest. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Let's let's go with what is. Yeah, but Eloise, and then you would be dealing with the dust in my mind that has nothing to do with what's going on now. Yeah, it's that. Oh, but what about this and that and da da da? And, and it's like it's not the thing we're looking at. Exactly. It's almost like, like the mind gets distracted. It's almost like well, you know, can you write this letter? Oh, but I can't drive a plane. Yeah, but I'm just asking you to write a letter. It's like it's almost like completely irrelevant. It's like... Yeah, you know, that's such a great example because for us as the observers, it's clear what is happening. Yeah. And then the mind of the, the client will come in or friend or anything. We we are all I'm sure all of us have experienced yeah, we're it. Still experience having uh, dinner with a friend, you're like, Where is your brain at? <laughs> Yes, you you know exactly what they need to do, and they'll give you every, yeah, but I can't because of this, yeah, but. uh, But on the third Thursday of 2001, (laughs) this happened, it's like, what? Yes, so we need to really be aware that, um, well, you know, I'm going kind of to the flood, you know, where God after the flood where he you know the whole earth is gone everyone's dead except for no one his descendants and all of the animals and they they come off and god says um i'm not going to do this again because man is essentially evil you know when you look at that line you say well what is that and it seems that well yes we we are essentially evil and our job is to figure out how to be good you're not just given the label that you're good because of your actions yeah you know these are the actions i commit so my favorite example and i've had quite a few women do this i love my children i love my husband i take care of the house i feed them i i do their laundry i'm there for everything they need but they are so spoiled and they do nothing for me. And there you get the resentment immediately. <laughs> but they've labeled themselves a good person. No, you're not. You haven't dealt with your own resentment. Yeah. 
and you're you're walking around teaching your kids you should do for others or maybe they learn the opposite that yeah. everyone's going to do for them we, we don't know what will come about with the children but your example is I do for everyone and I live in resentment because you're not doing for me yeah so so you know I often see women who go why don't my children talk to me well what you've just described is you're going to guilt them into yeah into trying to um you're going to guilt them into doing the things you won't do for yourself why don't you just do them for yourself yeah <laughs> and stop doing for the other i mean what a great example if i do for myself i overcome my resentment i'm constantly finding out what it is to be good in this world mm. but we go back into those resentful thoughts you know, we've got to watch those yeah. resentful thoughts. They pull us down. They pull others down. And it's it's basically evil to do that. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's almost like we're... Our mission here is to... Life is suffering and we need to overcome the evil within us that tells us somebody else is supposed to make it better for us. Yeah. Oh, or something else will make it better. When I have more money, when I have a relationship, everything will be better and I'll be a better person. Yeah, the money thing is great because, Mm. you know, they say there's no increase in happiness once you have the basics. Yeah. Yeah. And not even TV. Like a lot of people have basics here as a television, right? So, no, you just have enough to eat, you have a place to live. From there, any amounts that you add, there's there's no more happiness added. And yet we think, uh, and there is no situation where just throwing money at something is going to improve it. It's just, it's not, it's not valid. You know, yeah. you, you have a kid who's a drug addict. They say, I need money to buy this or that. They still buy drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, you let them in the house and you say, I'm not going to give you money, but you have a place to live and they start stealing from you. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a really, I can't imagine how difficult that would be for someone who has a drug addict child and you kick them out. There's a possibility that child could die. Yeah. So you're, you're living with that on your hands, but you're enabling otherwise. I, I know I'm not going to, you know, in any way lecture someone on what they need to do, but at least take responsibility for yourself. Find out ways that you're a codependent on the drug addict, right? Yeah. Uh, there are things that we can do. And again, we go back to the minute I make it, I take one step to make it better. Everything changes. Mm. And, and that is a, that is a miracle. But you can you can do this. You can do it by just looking at your space, cleaning it up, clean up your room. That's that's one of the things Stop. Jordan Peterson says. Stop. Just clean up. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's so interesting because you, when you're cleaning up your room, you're also cleaning out the clutter in your mind. Yeah. And then you have space to to sit and um, get bored, and that boredom leads mm-hmm. to creativity yeah it's it's pretty phenomenal and there are things like um 
it's we are not the master you are not the master of your own house um there are spirits that live within we know that all the time Mm. all the time right we're sitting around thinking we can control things but there are things inside of us even our potential that rises up our our creativity uh things that we think we want to do right where does where the heck does all that come from yeah those are those spirits within like things things that you know i can sit around and wonder why from such a young age this this idea of helping others you know and how much i've invested in my life to help others yeah of course help myself yes I mean, the priority is to figure out what's going on in me and make things better for myself. And as a consequence, making things better for others. So cleaning up your room, um, really taking responsibility for all that resentment, which is evil within, within us. We will, you know, that idea that a woman says she's doing all the good things, but the children don't do for her, that is essentially evil. And it is guilting your children and you're tripping them up from moving on into their future, yeah. which is exactly the opposite and of I what we need to do. Even if they did do things for her, it wouldn't count. Not only she, that. one of those. <laughs> they'll make up women. Count. It doesn't count, but it's like a, a, a vortex, right? Yeah. Like, a, like a black hole. It's, it's like... never enough. Because what she's doing is never enough for anyone else. Yeah. Right? It's never enough. I just keep doing and doing. The laundry keeps coming. The meals keep coming. The, the love <laughs> the keeps coming. Keep coming. Uh, and, oh. of course, when the child has to start doing it, but the child can't do the very thing it needs to do, which goes on into their own lives and individuates. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, when you go on into the Bible, Abraham that's what God tells him to do. Leave your home, leave your country. Now that's like, grow the hell up. Yeah. You got to grow up and, you know, separate from mom and dad and go off and live your life. That's the next part of what we need to do. Yeah. We're not, we're not supposed to go back and take care of them. I'm going to go back in the womb. (laughs) Pardon me? I'm going to go back in the womb. I'm sure I'll fit now. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice just to like... <laughs> just for a day. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, you know, when I'm really tired of something and I look at my mama, I said, can you just let me back in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I want the blue pill again or whatever. <laughs> <I'll get back. laughs> just let me back in. That would be great. Mm. All right. So hopefully people will, you know, sit and think about your resentments yeah. and see how you can do better and... and you know, being good is for yourself. Yeah, always. And getting out of your uh, resentful place, like resenting your date, resenting your boyfriend, resenting your husband. You know, that That's one thing I wanted to mention is some people have so many resentments build up over 10, 15, 20, 25 years and so on. They never actually dealt with the first problem. Yeah. And they're so big, it's almost impossible to sift through. So what do you do? You have to sit back and start taking responsibility. There's nothing There's nothing you can do about all of that. Yeah. Take responsibility. You did this. All of your 
resentments are also looking back and saying, I, I didn't do anything about it. Yeah. I waited for him or her to do something about it. Yeah. I didn't tell her I was dissatisfied with this or that. I didn't sit down and say, let's say for a man that, you know, the, the, the sex isn't good. You know, he didn't sit down and say, let's do something about it. Yeah. Let's let's figure out what we need to do. Be tender, be sensual. That's what you take as your own responsibility to figure out how to be with a woman. Like maybe you do know how, but maybe you don't. And if you weren't able to work through things and come out really calmly with, well, you know, I have this, I loved my wife. I love everything, but, you know, sexually it's not working. She's not, maybe it's time to go, even though I still love her and I don't have any resentments. I don't harbor anything. It just never, it never worked. So maybe I need to move on. That's a, that's a really nice place to end a relationship. Yeah. But when you end a relationship where, and this happens so often, is um, using the children as a weapon against the partner. Yeah. I've heard it more often with women doing that, because traditionally women get the children, and they use it as a weapon. Yeah. But men definitely can do it as well. And that, again, is resentment. I resent my husband, so I'm not going to do anything. I resent him for, um, yeah, even paying not alimony, but child support. Yeah. You're, you're paying child support. It goes to the adult, whichever adult, whether it's the woman paying child support or the man, it goes to the adult. Yeah. But no matter what, that adult is paying electricity, food, clothing, you know, whatever, computers, uh, you know, yeah. all of these things are going to the child. The, the adult is still going to pay for that, that you're adding it. It's not going to the parents. And even if the parent's spending it on electricity, it's for everybody. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting that there's a lot of resentment there, that I don't want to do that. You know, it's, uh, you, have, you have kids and that's the way it is, right? Yeah. All right, so we've really covered, I, I don't know about you, uh, Eloise, but thinking about these resentments within relationships really, really saddens me. Yeah. I'm just heavy-hearted thinking about it. Very, very heavy-hearted. And I want to cry that, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just really, it's really something that this is, this is where people go to and that you know once someone does take responsibility you know, I've been working with responsibility since I was 15 years old that's 1975 yeah and you know when someone actually looks at me and says Terry Ann I did it I took responsibility for everything and I I made it big in my life I'm doing really well um yeah, it's it's wonderful, right? Magic. It is magic. It is. Well, we'll end there. The bird has come to yeah, to sing the little song. Country. And he's looking at me, saying, "I think you're done." So there, I'm reading his mind. <laughs> reading his mind, but he's definitely just oh my goodness, just looking at me. Very sweet little Aww, boy. Cute. All right, my love. All right, well, um, have fun. That's 
that's really quite something. So everybody out there, um, drop us an email. Let us drop know us an email on. and breathe right now if you're finding something mm-hmm. heavy and start thinking about how you can Take. look at your resentment yeah. and do better. Do better yeah. than resenting. This is our chance in life. The moment you see your resentments, this is your chance. This is a a gift. A gift. Your resentment is a gift to tell you you can do better. Oh, nice. Let's you don't have to do this. Yeah. You can make a choice. It's about you. It's not about anybody else. Maybe they triggered you. Okay. Maybe they catalyzed something in you. But what a gift to catalyze that you have resentment. Yeah. And that you can take responsibility and be better and see what happens to your world. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. I wish you all really, really well. Have a great week, everyone. Yes, and we'll see you next week, Eloise. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Cool. Okay. Bye, love. Take care. Lots of love. Bye.